Welcome into the bank, a show which covers the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL. The bank is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome into the bank. I'm joined, as always, by my colleagues Mike Randall and Jamie uh, Seek. Before we go to them, one word from our sponsor, Mercer Floor and Home Carpet One, third-generation family business established in 1959, located on Main Street in beautiful downtown Westminster. Uh, in Carroll County, they're the oldest flooring store in the county and one of Maryland's longest-running floor businesses. For all of your flooring needs, think Mercer Floor and Home Carpet One. So as we uh, uh, were taping tonight, it's Wednesday night. The Ravens are coming off of their win over the Titans. We're all feeling good about that. And now the full focus is to this coming weekend and the Bills. But before we look forward, let's look back. Mike, uh, let's start with you and recap the win over the Titans uh, and just t- take us back to this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so the, the big story of the Ravens holding the uh, Titans and Derrick Henry to only eight, 40 yards on 18 carries, which if you would have told us that at the beginning of the game, we all would have predicted a win, and that's how the game turned out. The Ravens won. Uh, they took away their best weapon. They limited what Ryan Tannehill could do through the air, who is underrated. He was one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He's not in the same class as your Brady and Breeze and Rodgers and those guys. Um, but statistically, since he became Tennessee's starter in the middle of last year and through this year, he's – been right up there leading a, a pretty high-powered offense um, playing off of Derrick Henry uh, with a couple of really skilled wide receivers. So kudos to the Ravens defense holding Tennessee to only three points after they scored 10 in the first half or in the first quarter, only three points the rest of the way, limiting Derrick Henry. And I think you pretty much sum up the game with one picture, and that was Derrick Henry and Mike Vrabel having a – I don't know if it was an argument on the sideline or Vrabel trying to coach up Henry and Henry just walking away, trying to get away from the coach. The coach is following him to the bench. I wish I could have known what they were saying. I uh, can't really read lips with the masks on, uh, with uh, Vrabel having his mask on. But that pretty much sums up all you need to know about this game is that we had them out coached. We had them out of their comfort zone the whole, pretty much the whole game to the point where Derrick Henry – was ineffective and didn't know what to do. And uh, it certainly had an effect. And uh, Jamie wrote a really good review on it, which, um, you know, he's going to touch on next. So I'll uh, pass it over to him. Yeah, but once um, before we go to Jamie, Mike, I thought that's uh, a great uh, point about Henry and Vrabel on the sideline. And the idea, if you're Henry, right, you've sliced through the Ravens twice in this past year. Well, you've gone for 2,000 yards. And then all of a sudden, Campbell and Williams are back, and they got a nine-man front, and they're uh, uh, the Ravens are you know they're really pushing the line back and stopping. And I'm sure there's some disbelief on on Henry's side, and you can understand that. Uh, Jamie, as Mike said, did have a strong article. We'll get to that in a second. Just just a word. How did you feel when the Ravens were? What was your confidence level when the Ravens were quickly down uh, in the game? Did, did you feel like the Ravens were going to come back, or did you have? Uh, were the butterflies up there thinking this is going to be a repeat of last January? Oh, I'll be honest. I think uh, I probably felt the same way as a lot of fans. It was like, oh, boy, here we go again. 
I mean, it it had all the same characteristics. We kicked off, forced a three and out, opening drive, but it kind of stalled. We get the ball back, and Lamar just makes an I mean, just an inexplicably bad throw. I mean, I I don't even know what that was. I don't know what did the ball slip. I mean, did he just misfire that badly? I don't know, but either way, it was just one of those things that we've seen from him. Seemingly in the postseason, but not in the regular season, uh, I borrowed a term from tennis, and I talked about unforced errors. Because understanding that interceptions are going to happen, the uh, you know the other guys get paid too, so you can't necessarily put every thing that goes against your team as something that was preventable necessarily or something that they did wrong. Uh, just sometimes the other team makes plays, but that was just, uh, and, and uh, to borrow Coach Billick word, an egregious mistake. But they, they were able to overcome that, and I think that that drive, um, I talked about it in my article, the third down at seven, Lamar gets pressure from a Dory Jackson, he rolls out to his right, stays alive, find, finds uh, Mark Andrews down the sideline, gets a big first down, you know, we don't have to put the defense back out there after another three and out down 10. That drive only ended in a field goal, but it really served to settle the game down. Kind of like, okay, we're in this thing. Defense got a chance to catch their breath. And then obviously we get to, you know, the, you know, it's kind of back and forth there. We get to the end of the, near the end of the first half. Lamar has the big run. And I think you kind of felt the air go out of the stadium. You could almost feel it on TV when, Lamar darted through the defense and, and you know, what, what did uh, Next Gen Stats say? He covered like 70-some-odd yards on that 48-yard run. 71. And, yep. And, he you know, when he scores, it's 10-10. But, you know, we know we're getting the ball back, in the, you know, to start the second half. And then it was one of those signature Raven drives, that, that, that 10, 10 to 12 play drive, chews up like six, seven minutes. And they put seven on the board. And even at that point, even though it was a one-score game, there was a feeling that, okay, now the Ravens are in control. I think this is their game to win now. And we, we, we saw how it played out. There was definitely tense moments in the second half, for sure. But the feeling was that they overcame that deficit. And now it was their game to just – Let's play it out. Let's get the triple zeros and let's move on. And that's exactly what they did. I felt relatively good throughout. Uh, the only time I was kind of really apprehensive was actually uh, right before uh, Rabel decided to punt uh, oh. in the fourth quarter, uh, down four with oh, Ravens 40, which just seemed a, a pretty inexpli inexplicable call. But, uh, you know, right around that point, I was getting a little nervous, but. Uh, Really, even though the Ravens got down early, I, I felt like, and despite their record, uh, historical record of being down 10 points in the last, what, 17 games or so coming into uh, in the last week, yeah, I, I still felt like they had plenty of time to come back. The interception you mentioned, yeah, that was pretty off. I don't know if there was a route that went wrong. I just didn't understand the decision. The touchdown that Jackson had, I mean, that's um, it's just one of those things you see every week from Jackson where he just has the ability that nobody else has. You know, it's, it's, you think about playing backyard quarterback, right, or backyard football, and and there was always somebody, somebody in your neighborhood that had 
and the ability to juke everybody out, but like he's doing it at the professional level. Right. <laughs> and he's just that much more athletically inclined than everybody else on the field, which is just, uh, you know, that's the hard thing to really wrap your head around. But that was fun. Exercised the demons, got the win, left Tennessee with the W, celebrated uh, on their logo, which was, uh, that was fun as well, at least for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Titans are gone. The Ravens have moved on. And they're heading to Buffalo this weekend. Jamie, uh, the Bills, they advanced by beating the Colts. Uh, what did you see there? Um, it was, uh, you know, my initial impression, because I, uh, I didn't watch the game initially. I had to kind of follow it and then watch it back. My feeling was that the, the Colts really let the Bills off the hook, kind of helped them to the next round with just, some of the with just some mistakes and miscues you had the uh the bizarre what i felt was bizarre play calling at the end of near the end of the first half when they had that goal to go series and they didn't really try to pound the ball they did an outside toss sweep which conjured up memories of matt cavanaugh calling that play and just you know makes me cringe and they tried um the uh fade to the back corner of the end zone, which I just absolutely despise that play because I feel like it's so low percentage. You know, they opted not to kick a field goal there, didn't put any points on the board. They had the missed field goal. Then they kind of mismanaged things on the on the uh, the last possession when they had an opportunity there to maybe uh, maybe tie the game. Um, a couple of things that I, I that I noted um, was the the stuff that Stefan Diggs was able to get and look, we know Diggs' ability. You know, he had an unbelievable season. He's been a been a really good receiver since he's come into the league. Him and Allen have kind of gone to the next level. But I marveled at the coverage that the Colts or I don't know I don't even know what it was, truth be told, on the long touchdown in the begin near the beginning of the fourth quarter, Diggs had like a 35, 37 yard touchdown. And it was looked like single high safety. So the DB knows that he's the corner knows he's not going to have might not have help just depending on what the route combo was played off coverage and let Diggs run right by him and Allen just threw it over his head and it was a it was a long touchdown I don't know how you can do that with a guy that had a year like Stephon Diggs especially against a team like Buffalo that's not going to run the football often or or effectively unless it's the quarterback. I mean, don't get me wrong. They ha- Obviously, they have a couple of backs, but they don't run the football in the top half of the league. So you should be focusing on their wide receivers. I was kind of sh- – that was something that just really stood out for me, seeing the way that they, they played digs a few times and allowed him to get big plays. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of surprise what Buffalo wants to do with digs. He led the league in, uh, in targets and, you know, not just his production across the board. You know, it feels like um, – Make somebody else beat you. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Mm. Uh, Mike, you know, looking what you saw of the Bills and Colts. I mean, the Colts were a decent team. Uh, I, I just, my general takeaway was that if Rivers wasn't at the end of his career and they had uh, somebody with a little bit more uh, arm, uh, the Colts might have advanced. Uh, you know, what did you see in that game? Yeah, on, on that note, I think you're right. They, that last drive where the Colts were coming down the field trying to put together a game-winning drive, I, it, it just was passing, sailing over receivers' heads left and right, trying to 
you know, hit those out routes to stop the clock uh, near the sidelines, and they just didn't get anything going. Uh, e- even I think they had an opportunity to just sneak it into field goal range and instead opted to throw a couple longer, lower percentage percentage passes that were nowhere near the mark. And then the Hail Mary attempt was uh, pretty weak, in my opinion. I hope for Philip Rivers' sake there was some wind in his face that uh, pre- prevented that ball from getting to the end zone. But every other quarterback in this league, I think, can throw it from about the 48 to the goal line with, with ease. Um, but uh, my, my big takeaway from that game was how slow Buffalo started. Um, and I know we're going to get into what the Ravens match up, some of the keys there. Um, but Buffalo in this game started with uh, three, four, three, three and outs on their first four drives and, and also a, um, a touchdown in there, I think, on their uh, second drive of the game. So uh, the Colts started with the ball. So when the Colts got their fifth drive of the game after the three, three and outs from Buffalo, um, they went down, turned it over on downs deep in, deep in Bill's territory and only had a 10-7 lead at that point after five drives. Buffalo, on their fifth drive, drives the length of the field, 90-something yards, and ends up taking the lead 14-10. So that's like Jamie was saying, another example of them, the, the Colts letting the Bills off the hook. I hope in this game, if the Ravens get out and the Bills start slow again, um, that if we get four drives, five drives, that the score is at least 21-7, if we force them to go three and out uh, on their first four drives. So we look, uh, look ahead to Saturday night, uh, Mike, the Ravens offense versus the bills defense. What do you see as the, uh, the primary keys and questions there on, on offense, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, the bills defense is definitely tougher than uh, what Tennessee brought to the table or brings to the table, even though Tennessee, um, you know, only held us to, held us to twenty points. We still got our two hundred plus rushing yards on the day, but and, and the big plays from Lamar Jackson, uh, J.K. Dobbins won the Angry Run Award that NFL Network gives out. Uh, one of my favorite segments on Good Morning Football is the Angry Runs. Uh, it's a great segment, and so J.K. Dobbins got it this week. Tyree Phillips actually got it a couple weeks ago in the Jacksonville game, <laughs> pick up football, um, where he leveled Miles Jack. But hey, to get to get back on track. Um, and just keep doing what you're doing, and we don't know what the weather's going to be. It looks like it's going to be sloppy, but forecasts can change. And, and that's all the more reason not to get away from what you're doing and start airing the ball out if it's going to be sleeting or freezing rain or snow uh, and just having a loose grip on a ball. Mar Jackson not playing in snow before. All the more reason to keep grounding and pounding and keeping uh, Buffalo's weapons and Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and the like off the field. So offensively, um, don't change a thing. Uh, Jamie, when you look at the Bills defense, who are you uh, keying on? And for you, what are the biggest uh, uh, keys and questions there? Uh, well, are we, are we again talking about how we match up with them offensively? Yeah, I mean, defensively it's, it's great, you know, Ravens offense and yeah. the Bills defense, but, you know, with the Bills defense, who are you? Yeah. I, I mean, they're they're strong. They're strong in the secondary. Uh, you know, Tre'Davious White, Jordan Poyer. You know, th- those th- those guys can you know those guys can get after it. But luckily for us, that's not where we're gonna you know make our hay, if you will. Uh, we can we can run the ball on them, or excuse me, the Ravens can run the ball on them. 
And I would like to see us, as Mike said, stick with you know, stick with what what we do and what we do well. They are very they have struggled against edge runs. Uh, they're giving up a little over 11 yards of carry on runs that are outside the tackles. I think that presents an opportunity to um, get Devin Duvernay in to maybe show that jet sweep look. Uh, he only got six snaps last week. I think that had a lot to do with how we configured the roster because we wanted to go a little more heavy. So both Chris Moore and Prochet were down. So you had to use Duvernay more on special teams. Uh, I think this week we'll have an opportunity to use him more on offense. Um, also get Dobbins you know, outside the tackles, maybe do some outside zone stuff. And maybe even show that option that we do every once in a while. Lamar gets out on the edge, you know, has the, has the choice to flip it back. Just the you know the classic option. Anything to get out to the edges, I think, would be ideal because uh, that's where these where the uh, the Bills seem to struggle the most. And lastly, I liked how creative Roman was with getting Hollywood Brown involved in the game plan, even though that that toss back thing down near the goal line was a little bit scary creative way to get him in space uh had another play where very reminiscent of the Tyreek Hill motion in the backfield behind Lamar and then cut back around and he got a little toss over there and that turned into I think a 12 yard gain the Titans were off sides on that play as a matter of fact I'm pretty sure that was the play so to do things like that there's a lot of different ways to attack the Bills and I think we there's definitely an advantage there. So flipping to the other side, you got the Ravens defense, obviously against the uh, Bills offense. Ravens defense had a uh, strong showing versus the Titans. Bills offense, we know that Allen had the monster year, and obviously Diggs did as well. Uh, You you already talked, Jamie, about uh, Bills running game not being built around there, but uh, we know Allen's going to try and force the ball Diggs uh, on the outside and, you know, potential to attack the Ravens there. You know, what are the keys and questions for you on that side? Well, the, one of the things I just went back and looked at some, looked at some of the earlier Bills games and then looked at their run they've been on at the end of the season where they were point. One of the big things with, with Josh Allen is when he gets, he's good. He's good from inside the pocket. He had the, uh, was the biggest completion percentage jump in I might even been in the Super Bowl era from year over year. It's remarkable how he's up to just under 70% completion rate. I'm sure bringing in Stefan Diggs has something to do with that. But when he gets outside the pocket and he's going to his arm side, he's he's outstanding. Just, you know, big, strong kid. He can really he can really sling it when he gets on the edges. I think it'd be key for the defense to be controlled in the pass rush not get too far upfield to allow him the opportunity to escape. Uh, if we're going to blitz, I'd like to see pressure come up the A-gap in his face, and if we can contain, try to keep him in the pocket, we'll, be, uh, we'll bode well. Uh, also, because of the way our, you know, the way DaCosta has configured our roster, with having three quality cornerbacks and then facing a team that doesn't run the ball that much or with a ton of success, we should have an opportunity to be able to play some coverage, meaning we can really roll stuff to Stefan Diggs' side of the field. We, we can we can put a safety over the top just about all the time. 
we can also mix up coverage on Cole Beasley. We don't have to worry about putting a linebacker on him or something because he'll he'll eat a linebacker up, a la Wes Welker and you know Julian Edelman. You know he's that type of receiver. Uh, we can move Humphrey inside. We can even move you know Marcus Peters inside if, if if that was the case. If the you know if the package and the formation allows it. So I think we match up really well with with them considering what they do well versus what the Ravens do well. So I'm looking forward to see how that plays out. Yeah, to, to your point, Jamie, uh, specifically when he rolls out, I believe the numbers are really elevated when he's going to his right and, and not so much. Uh, mm-hmm. A few times he's been forced to, uh, to his left, uh, which makes sense. Uh, but, Mike, I know the numbers for Allen are extremely strong against uh, – Man, less so against the zone. Maybe we see a little bit more, more of that. Um, and just to kind of Jamie's point there, what do you do with Beasley underneath and also Allen? He has the ability to scramble and run as well. How, how do you uh, key on the, those issues in this game? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Jamie, Jamie pretty much hit on my thoughts on Beasley. Is I think you're going to have to have a defensive back on him, which means maybe some more dime packages in this game that you would normally play, uh, because they have they have other weapons. Even if Diggs is covered, Allen is going to find Gabriel Davis. He's going to find the tight ends, Dawson Knox. He, he's going to find somebody. Cole Beasley, I think. Uh, when they played San Francisco in one of the primetime games, I can't remember if it was Sunday night, Monday night, Cole Beasley ended up with 155 yards or, or so at the end of that game. Uh, just as a matter of, okay, you're going to take away Stefan Diggs a little bit. Well, I'm going to find somebody else. Uh, so I think a little more dime sets. I don't want to, I don't want Patrick Queen to have to cover some of these tight ends. He, he let Fersker get away on one last week. Um, on, on a on a pretty good first down from Tennessee, we, we've just seen it all year. He's not fit really for coverage yet. So um, another off season uh, or an off season for him coming off his rookie year. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But I don't want to see Queen getting burned by a slot receiver or by tight ends in this game, where where the passing is the um, big key to the Bills' offense. I'd rather see more dime packages, more defensive backs on the field, containing Josh Allen as Jamie said, and even some like corner blitzes maybe uh, to help with that as well and and to make him possibly get the ball out quicker than he wants to and avoid some of the big plays. We'll come back to the Ravens and Bills in a second, but let's look at the other uh, three playoff games this weekend. Uh, Rams at Packers, Browns at Chiefs, Bucks at New Orleans. Uh, Let's just – run through the games, get your picks of who wins and why uh, Rams and Packers. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Who wins there? Uh, I'll take the Packers uh, simply just because the likely league MVP is playing quarterback for them. And the combination of him and Devontae Adams is the hottest combination in football. So I'm going to go with the one seed over the Rams in that one. Jamie, do you believe the uh, Rams defense can do enough to overcome maybe their offensive limitations there, or are you picking the pass? Uh, yeah, that, that's uh, the, about the only thing I think the Rams could hope for is that maybe the Packers were a little rusty and they can you know, maybe score early and that defense can be strong enough to maybe hold Rodgers down. But I just don't see it, especially with the situation. You know, Jared Goff not healthy. 
all the way. And quite frankly, I'm not much of a believer in Jared Goff anyway. He's a, I think he's the epitome of a system guy. I think if he ever gets out of Sean McVay's offense, that he's he'll be out of the league or a work in the backup circuit. So yeah, I I think the Packers will roll um, again unless they wake up in the morning and their shockers aren't in line or something. Uh, I'll go with the Packers. Uh, Browns and Chiefs, Mike. You got the Cleveland who gets you know into the playoffs for the first time forever. They go and win at Pittsburgh for the first time forever. Uh, Chiefs had the uh, week off and obviously they rest with their starters in uh, week seventeen as well. Uh, do you? Think Mayfield and company can keep up offensively? Do you, do you expect them to push Kansas City there? I I don't think so. I think I'm also going to go with the one seed here in Kansas City. I think Cleveland is one of the most um, inconsistent teams in the league. They have the ability, like they did against the Ravens, to put up 40-something points. They did it against the Steelers, putting up 48 points and 28 points in the first quarter. They did it against Tennessee this year, putting up 38 points in the first half and Mayfield throwing four touchdowns. They had that ability um, to score points in bunches, and then they also have the ability to go out and score zero, score seven, somehow lose to the Jets by not giving the ball to Kareem Hunt and um, Nick Chubb when you have no healthy wide receivers and tight ends because they're on the COVID list, so you're starting practice squad guys and you throw the ball 40-something times, just blows my mind. I don't know what they were thinking there. But they, they're just very inconsistent, and I wonder if the Chiefs kind of were just in cruise control for the last four or five weeks, pretty much having the one seed locked up and maybe doing, you know, just taking it easy, which I know they've played some close games. and But we'll know, I guess, this Sunday if they've been taking it easy or if teams really can play the Chiefs close and they got some holes to expose. Uh, but if the Chiefs come out and win this game by 30, I won't, wouldn't be surprised. Jamie, to uh, Mike's points there, uh, definitely feels like Cleveland has to run the ball if they're two running backs. And did you, have you, did you buy into the argument at all of Kansas City? Uh, did you question them down the stretch or did you just think that they you know, were kind of uh, in cruise control waiting for the playoffs? And yeah. What are you expecting to see there? <laughs> yeah, it's you know uh, what we've seen Mahomes and the Chiefs do the last couple of years is just remarkable. I have a hard time picking against them. It's one of those things where I would just have to see you know them them get beat, especially in a big game. But that said, to you know present the other side of the the argument, obviously you know the Chiefs have had some time off. They had they've almost looked forward. You know, maybe you call it cruise control. I think that's a good way to put it. But there's just been almost disinterested for the last month of football. Then they don't play at all. Are you able to go out and crank it up? You know, sort of like what happened with the Ravens last year, quite frankly. They, you know, were just – they cruised. They didn't have any adversity. They take off week, week 17. Then they have the bye week. Then they blink, and they're down 14 to nothing. And uh, could that happen to the Chiefs with the Browns offense? Absolutely. The Browns can score and score fast. With that said, I don't know if they can go score for score with the Chiefs. And we did see Kansas City come back in in every playoff game last year, get behind, cover a deficit, come back, win. So I think the Browns can give them a football game. They could win, but I'm going to stick with the Chiefs. I'm going to go with Mike, stick with the number one seed. 
Uh, Mike Bucks at New Orleans. Uh, the Saints have rolled the Bucks twice this year. You get Brady and Breeze in the playoffs for the first time. Uh, can the Saint will the Saints beat the Bucks for a third time, or do you like Tampa to uh, get the first W there? Just one comment before getting your pick. I mean, it seemed to me that, uh, as we said prior prior to the season, that the Bucks would look better down the stretch. They did. You look at the metrics, um, Bucks pretty strong on both sides of the ball. Tough to beat a good team three times. Is that going to be what happens, or, or did the Bucks get the road win there? I think that New Orleans will come out and pick up that third straight win. It happened to the Ravens in 2008. Uh, they faced the Steelers three times, and the Steelers beat them all three times. It was the AFC Championship game in Joe Flacco's rookie year. That was the third one. Um, it's happened a couple other times, I believe, where it's in recent, within the last decade or so, where teams met in the playoffs that they swept in the regular season and the you know three and zero has happened. So. I think uh, I think it can happen again. I think the Saints are one of the most complete teams in the league. Uh, at least the DVOA metric uh, suggests that they are a top ten offense, a top ten defense, a top ten special teams. They're the only team that can claim a spot in the top ten of each one. Uh, the Ravens and Bills, uh, ironically enough, claim two of the three spots, um, and uh, not the third one in the top ten. But suggests to me that the Saints are the most complete team. Uh, they might have the Bucks number. And, um, you know, I just don't like it. I don't – Brady and Arians have had some conflicting comments with the media about how things were going when things were going bad. I don't think they played a great game against Washington by all means, even though they came out ahead. I think they, they could have been a little bit better in that one. And I, I just feel like, um, you know, that kind of drama and that stuff creeps in and and eventually can hurt you. So I think that maybe just another reason I like the Saints in this one. Uh, Jamie, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm with uh, Mike on this one. One of the uh, one of those myths, you know, that gets repeated and it becomes true is that it is tough to beat a team three times in one year. It's actually not. Since 1970, it's happened 21 times that a team has swept the regular season and wow. they've met again in the playoffs. 14 times the team that swept has won the third time and only seven times has there, has it gone the other way. So actually the sweep usually happens more often than that, which I was surprised about the first time I looked that up. So, uh, cause actually Mike mentioned the 2008 Ravens. That was when I first looked it up and it's happened a couple other times since then it happened in 17. I, I can't remember the teams now, but there was a, you know, a team went three and L. Yeah. I think the saints defense is going to, going to be able to do enough to slow down, what Brady and the Bucks have been doing offensively, and uh, I think the Saints are going to get out of there with the win, and I think we'll see that matchup of the the clear class of the NFC for the uh, right to go to the Super Bowl. We'll see a uh, Packers Saints NFC I, uh, championship. I, I'll note that I see Tampa is 26 overall in the DVO rankings in uh, special teams, but uh, I called it. You know, Discussed it last night on Sports Tonight with our colleague Sid Seraf. I'll go against you guys, and I will take Tampa to win that. I just think uh, Breeze looks um, compromised, and I, 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 I think uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Either way, kind of an interesting uh, uh, showing there. Certainly, the Saints have had uh, uh, they've been snake bitten in the playoffs these last few years, and 
uh, could have gone the other way. They could have uh, could have been on quite a quite a run with the team that they've they've had for several years now. Um, all right, we'll go back to the Bills and uh, the Ravens here. Uh, Jamie, the Ravens beat Buffalo and advance the AFC Championship game. If what happens? Well, my uh, my big mantra that I'll keep repeating: win the turnover battle. Take care of the football. That's going to be the biggest thing. Don't have any of those unforced errors, you know, no bad throws. When, when receivers put their hands on the ball, catch it, you know, extend drives. Win time of possession. That's key for us. And keep Lamar in that 17 to 25 throw range. That seems to be the happy place because that means we're going to be more on the 60-40 run. That's kind of where we need to be, maybe even 65-35 leaning towards the run. And I think defensively, we'll have an opportunity to take the ball away here and there because uh, Allen has had some – he has – I wouldn't say he's a fumbler per se, but he has lost, I think it was nine fumbles on the year. So we might have an opportunity there, especially with the way that the that our edge rushers can get to the quarterback. Uh, with, you know, Ngakwe with his, uh, with his swipe, he might be able to get himself get himself one this week. So that's where I think we'll be. We'll be talking about uh, trying to go to the Super Bowl this time next week if those things happen. Uh, Mike, the Ravens get to their fifth AFC championship game if what? They'll get to the AFC championship game if they continue to run the football and do what they do. They are able to score points in bunches even just by running the football. That was evident in the Cleveland game on Monday night. At one point, I, I can't remember the exact number, but Lamar Jackson had thrown like nine passes or was, or the team was like nine for 17 passing, but had still logged 42 points to that point. Um, you don't have to throw the ball around to put up big points. You don't have to throw the ball around if Buffalo jumps ahead in this one, 10 nothing or 14 nothing. They were down 10 nothing last week. The Ravens got back, made a halftime adjustment and put the game away. Uh, if you get down in this game, don't abandon the run. Uh, keep running it. It's what you do. You put up 400-plus yards against the Bengals. You put up 250 yards, it seems, consistently the last month, including last week, 236. Just just keep doing what you do, and, and um, don't throw the ball as much until it's absolutely necessary, or if they give it to you. they give you some looks, take them, but um, keep pounding the rock. Conversely, Mike, uh, the Ravens season ends uh, and really could just be the inverse of what you just said. If uh, The season ends in Buffalo if what? Um, I'm going to go with two points. I think their season ends if they fail to uh, to do um, to confuse Josh Allen. They, they did it last week, which one of the things, one of my keys to that game was getting back to disguising your fronts. Uh, they didn't do it at the end of the regular season because they didn't have to, but they did it against Ryan Tannehill. And, and really limited what he was able to do, disguising their fronts against Josh Allen, not letting them know where the blitzers are coming from, and also playing with six DBs is going to be a key, and less Patrick Queen. Um, if, if, you, if you don't do that, if you let someone like Cole Beasley, have Cole Beasley and Patrick Queen be a matchup that they can exploit, that's going to be a long night for Baltimore. Second key is going to be the weather. We'll see how that plays out. But if, if it's sloppy out there to the point where we're worried about guys slipping and sliding, even with our run game. If they're slipping all over the place, if Jackson can't get around the corner, if he takes off running and trips and falls, 
and doesn't have the cleats for it or something. Another issue from the from the Cleveland game, the first half of that one. Um, then it could also be a long night if the weather takes away what we want to do. Jamie, same thing. It's a sad night in Baltimore, Saturday night, if what happens. Uh, if uh, the if the, the turnover monster comes back to bite us, uh, basically if the Ravens shoot themselves in the foot, I think that that is not to oversimplify things, but if you look in the, particularly in the Lamar Jackson era thus far, the game that the Ravens have lost, it's usually mistake prone. Um, even in some of the, even in some of the games against the Chiefs, there's been turnovers, poor execution, things like that. Uh, just, do do what you know. Mike said it here. Do be who you are. You know, run the football on defense. Alignment, assignment, technique, like they did last week. To you know, be where you're supposed to be. Do your job. Don't try to do too much. If you have guys, get out of position. Try to make plays, especially against a quick strike offense like the Bills. That's where you're going to get in trouble. So. Um... I know it gets debated about the, how valuable it is, uh, but these teams are fifth and sixth overall in uh, time of possession. Uh, to me, the Ravens, if they win the clock, I think that'll go a long way to them winning. Uh, you know, I just it's yeah, not that the Bills. Can't, yeah, it's not that the Bills can't score quickly, but if you don't have the ball, it's much harder to score, right? So yeah, yeah. And I, I can uh, take that back to my childhood when I was a Bills fan. I think I've got a few years on you guys, maybe a couple at least. And I was uh, a Bills fan before the uh, Ravens came. And I was in uh, middle school and first year of high school when the Bills had their Super Bowl run. And uh, I lost a fair amount of money those years uh, in my early childhood. But I love the uh, K-Gun Bills, and they were great. But in that first Super Bowl that they had against the Giants, and uh, they went up against uh, you know, Parcells and a young assistant head coach or defensive coordinator, Belichick, and they just took the time of possession, and they just dom- – you know, it was – the Bills were off the field the entire game, and they just uh, – that was the first lesson for me. You just can't score if you don't have the ball. It was, you know, yep. you know pretty. The straight. best defense is a good offense, right? So, uh, I, I like um, I get your picks right away. But I, you know, the Bills have been on quite a run, and I, I believe uh, if they didn't have the what the the hail uh, Mary there, right? I mean, what's their winning streak? If if they have that, it's like eleven games or or something. But uh, I feel pretty good going into this game, and I kind of like that the Bills are. The slight favorite. I think that bodes well for uh, for the Ravens. It's my take. I feel good that the uh, about the Ravens' chances of uh, winning Saturday night. Uh, so I'll just go to you, Jamie. Who wins Saturday? Um, I I think the Ravens will get it done. I I I think these teams are are it's weird. They're similar, but they get there in different ways. Uh, like you said, with time of possession, and you even look at uh, points scored, it, the the Bills have an have an edge, but the Ravens have really closed that gap towards the end of the season. But I I just like the matchup of the Ravens run, run offense against the Bills run defense, and then the fact that they don't run the ball great 
and what we'll be able to do with our defense as far as personnel groupings and what kind of you know formations we can be in and whatnot. I, I think that bodes well for the Ravens, and I think they'll get the job done on Saturday night. Mike, what about you? Ravens win or, or, uh, or Ravens fans uh, sad Saturday night? Uh, yeah, I like I like this matchup for the Ravens. Uh, if they are able to uh, do the things that we've all discussed and hit all, all the keys, I like this matchup. I think the Bills are, are pretty one-dimensional with that one dimension being pretty awesome in Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. <laughs> but uh, the running game isn't going to be an issue uh, against our defense. I, I'm not all that impressed with the um, run defense on the Buffalo side. Their secondary's got some players, but not at all intimidated by their run defense one bit. Uh, I think that it's a good matchup. I think even if the weather comes, uh, we, we can ground it, grind it out and still run the ball, be effective. And I think it's going to be a close game. Neither the Bills nor the Ravens were challenged towards the end of the regular season. It's why they're two of the hottest teams coming into the playoffs. Last week, the Ravens met the challenge. The Bills took a half to meet the challenge, um, but ended up coming around and, um, you know, winning a close game. So both teams last week uh, pushed harder than they've been pushed for a little while and, and answered the call. I think this week, uh, you know, it's real, it's playoffs, and this is where the Ravens' road ended last year. Uh, their goal has to be to get past this step. and. Um, for the Bills, and maybe they're just playing with house money at this point because it's the first time they've been there, been this far in 30 years or so, or 28 years, whatever it is. So um, I think the Ravens win. I think they're 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 destined to get farther than they were last year. I think that we match up well, and Vegas has it as a three-point game uh, in favor of Buffalo. I'll say that a Justin Tucker uh, kick through whatever weather it is from about 40-some yards – uh, puts the Ravens ahead by two at the gun to win it. I'll say something like 26-24. All right, there you go. Uh, so, host of the bank, we all feel pretty good. Hopefully we're not wearing our uh, purple uh, shaded glasses, but I think we all feel pretty good there. And since you mentioned Tucker, that just uh, made me think of last week once again, and I'll just have to uh, mention that. I think I about lost my mind when uh, – uh, third down play where the Ravens uh, went deep and uh, and didn't give Tucker a few more additional yards uh, to uh, kick there. That just blew my mind. Uh, hopefully we yeah. don't see that happen again. He, and one he, other, his plant foot didn't really stick well on that one either. But I yeah. mean, fifty-one Tucker's usually good from there. He's usually yeah. usually good, but I I feel like it'd be that much better from forty-eight or forty-nine. But yeah, that was just me just kind of losing it. But the other thought from last week and maybe a better, better thought, it was something I was aware of, I guess, logically, but I really hadn't thought of first Ravens postseason win since 2014. Right. And that's, yeah. that's a bit of, that's a bit of time for one of the uh, better franchises in all of sports. So I feel like uh Saturday night's an opportunity for the Ravens to get back into the, you know, again, get to their fifth AFC championship game. And I'm looking forward to seeing if they can, uh, uh, push and get there. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, uh, to Mike and Jamie for their thoughts. Catch us on the board, Baltimore sports and life.com. Join the, uh, the message board and come join the game thread, which was pretty active uh, this past weekend. And I'm sure we'll, will be again this uh, Saturday night. So my thanks. Take care, everybody. <laughs>